0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Life of a Boss Mom. I'm your girl Natasha
1: Janelle with Janelle Nicole. Welcome everybody. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Um, We appreciate all the love, all the support. Um, It's really been very overwhelming. We have gotten so many DMs and messages, you know, just giving us like a lot of feedback on what we're doing. So we really appreciate you guys for um, joining us on our journey. Um, Tonight's topic is very sensitive to many people Tonight, we're going to discuss addiction. Um, Our very own Natasha Janelle has had her own personal struggle and her own personal journey. It has hit her personally, directly, and indirectly. So tonight, Natasha will speak out about her journey, about her truth, and tell her story, and how she can help others with addiction and how others, you know, just to give you guys some resources on um, addiction and on the topic, you know, it's something that we shy away from and that we don't like to talk about. So these are things that we said we will talk about we said we will be always open and transparent and honest and you know just discuss the hard topics that people don't really want to talk about because we need help and we need to know that um it is people in our community that have experienced these things and that want to help and want to be a voice for other people so let's have it Natasha you ready <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm never nervous if you know. y'all watch this show I'm never nervous but tonight I'm nervous but yeah I'm ready I'm
1: ready and I just, you know, we pray to make it easy on you tonight. And I know, like I said, we're being transparent. It is um, something personal that she has struggled with and that she's went through. She's personally went through addiction. So this is something that she is going to talk about for the first time really publicly like this on an open forum and an open platform. And her journey is something that she's going to use as a platform to help other people. Because she is a blessing and she tries to help other people. She's helped so many people with addiction and people that have struggled with it. So this is the time for her to speak her truth for her journey.
0: <laughs> Thank you. That was so sweet. So I figured, you know, in our past episodes, I don't know if we talked about addiction too, too much. But that's something I know that we're going to talk about. And the main reason we're going to talk about it, like, you know, said it's very, very near and dear and close to my heart. It's something I went through personally. You know, I lost two very close people, you know, in my life because of it. So if my journey and what my family and I went through can help others, I'm all here for it. Even if it means being vulnerable and honest, uh, that's what we signed up for, right? Right, absolutely. So I'm ready to dive in. Okay, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm nervous, and yeah. not
1: in a bad way. But this is just—it's—it's it's okay. Be covering. I want to laugh. It's—it's it's okay. You are able to be ner- you know, able to be nervous. You're able to be emotional. It's something that's serious and it's something right. that's going to bring emotions. It's going to bring, um, right? But that's what we signed up for—to be transparent. Amen, amen. So we're—we're we're telling our truths and our stories. So. Okay. Okay.
0: Let's go. All right. So for me, my first introduction to narcotics, pain pills, was from a doctor. And it was on a, you know, a needed basis. I had issues after I had my first daughter, so that was my introduction in 2008. It was to morphine, to all sorts of things in the hospital. And in order for me to go home, I had to come home with... I want to say a big, giant um, gallon bag of medicine to be able to go home with my daughter. So fast forward to this year, 2019, 2019. 2016, 17, 18, so 2016, 17, it's a little fuzzy because I blocked it out, which is not good, but I do. But um, I was pregnant with Bella, so it was, Bella's were in 2016, so it was 2015, The end of 2015, my brother passed away. And if you guys, some of you know me, of course, our new listeners, they don't. But I had a hard time trying to conceive a child. So my youngest daughter was our blessing. So no one wanted me to be overly upset or, you know, really, really sad to end up losing my pregnancy because I lost pregnancies after the safe three-month mark. So, you know, that was it. And once I gave birth to Bella, I had to have a C-section. Again, pain medicine. Okay. Pain medicine, death of my brother, you know, a beautiful disaster, as I call it. And that was my intro into really fully diving into to really realizing that I had an addiction okay. at that point.
1: Okay. Um, so, talking about addiction and just because you are recovery you all have been clean for now how long?
0: Ooh, it's been about three three going on four years. Okay. So it's been a long time.
1: Okay. I so. feel like it was yesterday. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience in rehab?
0: Yeah. So getting into a rehab was actually very, very hard. Extremely hard. Um we had to, you know, call up some friends, pull some strings. It's really hard and it wasn't easy. It took me about a month to get into a facility. Wow. A month. Wow. A month. So when, that, when a person, an addict, makes a decision to say, you know what, I want to go to rehab, that's a right then, there, and now decision. Because it can change like that. Right. It can Absolutely. change so fast. So with the epidemic of drugs and, and heroin and pain pills and all these things, all the bids are getting filled up and there's no place for people to go. And, you know, for me, not off topic, but one of my main missions in life is to have a home where people, while they're waiting to get a bed and a rehab, I want them to have somewhere where they can be safe and be stabilized and not wanna go back to the drugs to numb the, the pain that's about to come on from not having your choice of drug.
1: Yeah, and in that time, you, did you agree that they could actually change their mind and not Absol- want go? Absolutely,
0: you can change your mind in like one hour, I'm not going. I can't get in, okay, because like, when you want to go, you want to go, you don't want to wait. You really don't, like you really have to be determined and it's hard because the mood changes, the, the being sick and... The things that your body goes through, it's not normal, and it's not, you know, it's the drug not being in your system. Your body and your brain is telling you, you need this. It's no longer a want. You need it at that point when you need a rehab. Wow. So it's,
1: they want to rehab for you. What
0: was that like? Scary. Scary. Super scary. I mean, it's the unknown. Anything that we do that, that's, you know, a, a path, you know, not traveled in our world, when you go to do something like that, it's like, oh. Are these people going to be crazy, you know, or are they going to attack me? Like, you only know what you see in the movies if you've never been in that environment, honestly. Okay. And what you see in the movies is people in their beds and shivering and throwing up and it's, like, nasty. one, You know, like, one bed, nasty walls. It's, like, it, my experience was the complete opposite. I can't speak for other homes, but the place I went was beautiful. And it was nothing like what I expected. I would say it was the best, it, it was a good time. Like, aside from why I was there, it was the best environment for someone like me who was going through the things that I was going through. Okay. that makes
1: sense. Right. So there, what are some of the things that you experienced there? Like, what would you do? What, would, what was, like, a, a day in rehab, I guess? I'm trying to get you to okay. share a little. so bit.
0: we can start at the beginning. Your first day there, they want to make sure that there's nothing in your system. Okay. And once they realize that, then they start to go through everything, like your medical history and, you know, do you have any um, mental health issues that, you know, you've been diagnosed with before and things like that. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, it, it it goes patient by patient, I guess you could say. Okay. So once they do all of that, then they start to, you know, let you know, okay, this is the plan and we feel like you should be here for X amount of days and then tomorrow you'll see this doctor And then do you have any back pain or how you're sleeping? And, you know, all those things go into account. And, again, it varies person by person. So, for me, my first night there, it was weird because I'm away from my kids.
1: Yeah. But other than
0: that, it's like, okay, new beginning. This is where I want to be. I want to restart, hit the reset button, and do it right. So, if you know me, like anything I do, I'm going to try to put my best foot forward. And, you know, try to make the best out of any situation because that's just my personality.
1: Right. <laughs> okay. I know it's tough.
0: I'm holding on to my crystal if y'all hear something jangling. <laughs> and it's okay.
1: This is, this is a safe place. This is a comfortable place for you. This is a safe haven. So you are able to, you know, right. do that and take your time and, you know, we're, we're patient. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want you to feel rushed or overwhelmed. Just, you know, take your time. Um, so after rehab, so you went through this rehab process. You were there for how long?
0: I was there for three weeks.
1: Okay. And they wanted
0: me to stay for sixty days, but that's not realistic in my household. Bella was one. Chloe was in school. You know, dad is working. He can't do their hair. You know, he, it was a strain on my household, but it was a sacrifice that had to be made in order for me. What do we say? If you're, if I'm not good as a mom, I'm not good to anybody. Right. Absolutely. So we had to make that sacrifice. It was weird because they would come up on a Saturday or Sunday, and it was like prison visits. <laughs> that's not funny, but that's how I felt without shackles and chains and right. things like that. But I'm like, okay. And then there at this facility, they have classes for um, spouses, significant others, mothers, you know, whoever you're going home to or you're around the most or you want the support from, they encourage those people to come in. And take classes to understand how to talk to you. You know, how not to, you know, just how not to, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, not to be an enabler, but still show love, have compassion, but still be tough Right. firm. You know, because at that point, once you come home, everybody's walking on eggshells. Because they don't know how to handle it. Exactly. So I read a lot of books in there. you have a library. you can call your family. um we did yoga, I did acupuncture. I had a um a therapist, like a physical health therapist. We could go to the gym. Um, there was a lot of like wildlife around the area. It was a really nice place and I met so many different people from different walks of life doctors, lawyers, young girls, you know. All types of people. I think my first roommate was an older woman. She was like 60. And wow. it started with her doctor. So the one thing about rehab, when you go there, it's like you don't go in and say, oh, I'm addicted to this or I'm a drinker. Or I did this. It's like, no. Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm an addict. And that's it. And then you share whatever you want to share for that day, depending on the class. It was very structured. You got up at a certain time, but it wasn't like prison. Right. You know, you, you could do whatever you wanted in your space at a certain time, but there was times for you to, you know, eat and have snacks and, you know, it, it was a good environment.
1: Right. It was cool. Okay. How did you keep up with your sobriety after those three weeks and you went home? Then what?
0: It was tough because when I came home, I thought I, was, I thought I was ready to be home. Because I miss my kids, my family, my daily life struggle, my daily life, um, not struggle. Schedule. schedule. Yeah, structure, schedule, everything. And I was just like, okay, I'm ready. Then when I came home, I'm like, oh, no, I'm sick. Like, I don't feel good, you know? And it was like, uh, duh, like your body is not, your body's not going to be itself. Not even a year from after you stop taking whatever it is that you were taking. Your mm-hmm. full physical body is not going to be at 100%, like even a year after being an addict. And the longer that you are an addict, the longer the effects are.
1: To take you to recuperate.
0: Yeah, to, body, to really, really be... rehabilitate. Exactly. But I was mm-hmm. grateful to be able to wake up and not need anything. You know, like, that wasn't on my mind. I was able to wake up and be like, I'm happy to be up. I'm not worried about anything. You know, I was happy to be home, but... It was a hiccup. It was a hiccup. I definitely messed up. But then I got right back on track. And I'm like, I can't do this. So I went to go see a doctor. And we talked about my options. So I did stay on a medicine for about six months afterwards. And then I just stopped going. Because it was too far. I feel like I didn't need it anymore. You know, I kind of like, they tell you like how you can wean yourself off
1: and do things like that. And that was a medicine to make you like not want to... Yeah, it was kind of like the to, right, and okay. if you have any
0: body pains, cause it's kind of like your body just got beat up real bad. Oh wow, you know from the inside out. So all that you know has to be checked. You know, I had to be I had to go to a doctor to make sure my liver was good. Like everything was good. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a whole lot. But I wanted to do it because if there was something wrong, okay, let's try to fix it. How do we reverse it instead of ignoring it and acting like it doesn't exist? Right. And, you know, when you're out there and not out there, but when you're going through your addiction process, you don't think about your body. You know, that's just you don't think about it. So, you know, when you get out of it, definitely think about it. Check up on yourself, you know, check on yourself. Take care of yourself.
1: And I think that's what any addiction, just to chime in on what you said. Like, I know people that have gambling addictions. You're not thinking about your bills. You're not thinking about, okay, I have this responsibility or I'm not – or I have to do this after the fact. You're just thinking about that rush and that goes into, like, a lot of people – don't think that you have an option.
0: Right, right. No, you no, know, they true. think that it's
1: an option that you're choosing. I'm sorry, guys, but it's an option that you're choosing to be in this addiction or you're choosing right. to do this when in actuality it's a, it's a mental health. It's a yeah. mental health. It's something that you can control, whatever. Yeah. You know, with any type of addiction. It's, it's something that your brain is prompting you to do. When your brain prompts you to do something, you do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Um, Once it
0: gets to a point of addiction, it's no
1: more control. It's no more control. So. Yeah.
0: Control gone. That's, you know, one of the facts versus myth that people think you can just stop and it doesn't work
1: that way. Right. So with that relapse, when you went to the doctor, was that your last time using drugs? Have you? Oh, yeah. No, that was my last time. It
0: wasn't because I had to tell my doctor. I had to come clean. And if you do that, it's kind of like, okay, you don't want to become a statistic or a person that goes to get help and then turns around and you do the opposite. Yeah, but a lot of people do. No, they do, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because sometimes, some people got to do it multiple times, but I didn't want to put myself or my family back through that. Okay. And, and the biggest thing with addiction is thinking that you can control it, no matter what it is. Like, oh, it's not that serious, or, you know, I got this. You ain't got it. It ain't got shit. It got you. Right. <laughs> like, it got you. 100%. That's it. You don't have it. It has you.
1: So... I know this is a little tough for you, but how do you feel like your addiction affected your family
0: every way possible? In it, I didn't think, I thought everybody was um being overdramatic. I thought everyone was being overdramatic and, you know, like, it's not that bad. I, I'm the one going through it. It's my body. Like, you know, and I wasn't open and honest at first. You know, once my appearance changed and, you know, it's just like, okay, now you're you gotta deal with it. Say your face, this is what I have to deal with. And it affected my family financially, stressfully, don't be worried about me. You know, we talked a little bit before this, not a lot, but a lot of the times people think that if you try one thing then you'll do anything. And every single person is not like that. There are some people that are like that. But in life everybody has think they have their limits. Right. Everybody has their limits in different things. Right. But that I think that was the biggest fear. Like I don't want you to jump to something more drastic if you can't get the pills that you want. And I, I understood that, you know, once I was out of it. But when I was in it, I don't want to hear anything anybody had to say. And that's just that's just the real. And that's the tough part about, you know, someone being on the opposite side of that, you know, it's it's hard for them to understand when you're trying to help someone you love going through this. How can I help if they shut down right. you know like it's, it's it's really tough
1: so what advice would you give somebody that has somebody that's struggling with addiction? How would you tell them to support that person because you had a great support system? you yeah. had a fiance that supported you, you had a fiance go through classes, and yeah. he you know was the primary parent at that time, yeah. he was taking care of your your, your children. And, you know, he was there every step of the way during your recovery and even still after. How would the way he supported you, how would you tell someone to be that person for them?
0: Research. Research. Um, Before you address it, research. Find out all that you can and, and do it with an open heart and an open mind. Don't do it thinking you know all the answers because your uncle went through this. Or, you know, so-and-so went through this. Treat every individual individually. And I would just say a simple, I'm here. You know, like, I'm... <laughs> shit, I said I was going to. It's okay. It's okay. It's
1: okay. It's okay. The biggest part is that you made it and. In- God still sees purpose, and he still has a a bigger plan. Your purpose and your plan is so much bigger than just you. But being a
0: support person is so important, and I'm grateful for that. I'm I'm happy because I had that. (laughs) I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm just happy I had that. And, you know, from the stuff that I do privately, a lot of people don't have that. And so I try to be that for some people, like it's okay. I understand, you know, was, I understand what you're going through. So this is how I can help you, you know, get through it. Here's some resources, you know, if you want me to help you get into a home, I have some people that, you know, I can connect you with, or, you know, help you get through it. So just be there. Don't condemn that person constantly. You know, they already know, what they're doing wrong because they're living in it every single day. Right. Every single day. So don't tell them what they're doing wrong and what they look like. Help try to lift them up. You know, raise their spirits the best way that you know how. And I just say true unconditional love. Like true love. And not the love of a spouse, but true love. Right. You know, like like how we love our kids. Love that person that you want to help the same way we love our kids no matter what they do, we love our children unconditionally. Right. So a person going through that needs that type of love and caring and and understanding and patience like a child.
1: That's a good analogy. I like that because you 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 hit it on the nose because we do love our children unconditionally. You know, they do things and as a mom or a dad, you still have a forgiving heart. <laughs> right. You still have you a forgive forgiving them. heart. You forgive them. You forgive them. And just to, you know, not to be too overly religious because, like I said, I always know I try to be culturally sensitive with religions. And yeah, but it. God was
0: a huge part of my journey. But
1: God is God. I don't care what you call him. Um, however, God forgives us every single day. And every day we wake up with a new grace and a new mercy. Right. So who are we to judge? Anybody. When God forgives us time and time again, we make mistakes. We fall short every single day. Nobody's perfect. Right. So, you know, just to, to keep that in mind where people, God is a forgiving God. And, you know, he, he always is going to forgive us. So you have to forgive the people. That's, that's the biggest thing, to just have forgiveness in your heart for them and just to be able to support them. Right. I mean, that's what I'm taking from, from you. So You got to forgive yourself,
0: too. When you're going through it.
1: You have to give, like in order to heal,
0: you have to give yourself permission to forgive yourself for things that you did, things that you may have done to people you love. You know, it's some stuff I don't remember because that, what was on my mind is what I wanted at that time. Yeah. Nothing else mattered. So even if I was right in the situation, I just said I had to make amends with every single thing and own it and move on. And you don't have to make a, 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 you know, I didn't make a thing on Facebook apologizing to every single person in the world. But those I know, my bad decisions affected, I apologize.
1: Do you feel like, how did, how did you address when people judged you? How did you um, eventually address that?
0: I guess once I got to the point, like, okay, so when you really get into your recovery, And it just so happens that my neighbor that I was living next to for a couple of years, she was a heroin addict. She no longer lives there anymore. But she was a heroin addict. She ended up opening up to me. And so she ended up being, like, my sponsor. She, like, held me accountable. So I started, like, when I was away, I got books and things like that. So I started to rework work in different steps of the um, 12-step program and doing all of those different things, like my Just for Today book. That I like to read sometimes on, uh, you know, Instagram on my page. You know, all those things help me. And just saying, okay, I've made mistakes. I look at everything as like, we're not the first people to sit here and do this and we won't be the last. I won't be the first person to go through addiction. I sure enough won't be the last. Right. So I look at it like that. Like, okay, am I going to sit here and and let people try to tell my story? Or am I going to tell my story? Right. And I feel like my story, especially with the way that things are now, my story can help somebody and, and make somebody, you know, like stand in the rain, embrace that storm, and the sun will come. That's how I feel. You know, I, people are going to talk no matter what. So it's like, okay, this is what you want to know. Here you go. Here you go. I can't be fake. I can't pretend that everything is perfect. You know, like with that situation, It's no point because I'm so open, especially the way I was on social media. So it's like, okay, this is what I went through. Right. You know, I feel like to me, of course, family asked me, well, why are you sharing? And, you know, that's your personal business. And I'm like, so what? My story can help somebody. My journey can help somebody. My journey may change someone else's life. You know, maybe somebody might watch this and say, you know, let me put this pill down or let me not buy no more lean tonight. I don't want to go through what she went through. That'll that'll be grateful for me. Like, you know, I've I've helped several people and I feel like if you can at least help one person change their lives or make a better decision, like, good job to you. Right. Because a lot of us don't have that impact to be able to literally change people's lives from our stories and what we've been through.
1: And everybody's not willing to share it. Everybody's not willing to be open and transparent, and everybody's not willing to share it. That's why I wanted to share. So since. it's admirable that you know that you are able to share. It. You are in a place that now you're heal. You're not healed, but you're still healing because it's an ongoing process. And healing is a process, and a lot of people don't realize that healing is a process. It's something that you go through. I've had certain childhood traumas that I still feel like I'm healing from. It didn't kill me. It didn't destroy me, but it made me who I am today. Right. So I can talk about. You know those things now, and be in a total different space because I feel like I'm healing.
0: Right.
1: And I've been through things, and I, I've went through you know therapy and, and and got resources and the things that I needed to be able to be where I am today to be able to testify and to tell my my story and my my journey. So I'm extremely proud of you, and I and you did a you. you know did a great job with sharing it with um. I tried, with, but I'm I'm glad you
0: said that about everything you just said is 100 percent on point
1: with the world like you know you're sharing your story with the world like you know we have people listening from all over the place right. you know on on anchor and different things like this so what
0: doesn't kill you make you stronger i have tough skin so what people say it really doesn't bother me like it's like okay you know people get mad we're like oh you junkie okay next
1: <laughs> like, call me something like, else.
0: Yeah, it's like okay. Like I went through it. The thing is, somewhere, some place, we all got an uncle pumping gas. We all got a cousin who's either selling it and doing it. Like we all know someone who's who's attached to that lifestyle.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You know, unfortunately, from where we grow, you know, where we're from. I mean, coming
1: from the inner city, we with you know, drugs are just at your disposable. You grow up. Yeah. Drugs, you grow up seeing 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 certain things now. You know these children it's are in songs it's, 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 absolutely. it's in the songs like you know the they're talking about that it's it's the um it's the normal you know you have rappers talking about you know on lean and popping pills and popping perks and Everything. you know all that good stuff so that's 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 the new normal and especially because it's so accessible it's, oh it's very accessible it's So accessible. you
0: pay doctors off it, it's really it's really really crazy you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I feel like if you're going to be on um, prescription pain pills, I feel like after two weeks, if you're taking it consistently, after two weeks, your body begins start your body begins to normalize that feeling that those pills give you. There are return if you keep taking it, even if you're taking it for a legitimate reason, you're more likely inclined to become an addict. And that's what I want people to know. It's like, it doesn't matter where you are, who you from, addiction has no face. And, you know, sometimes we begin to think, oh, I'm doing it socially, so it's not a big deal. Or I only do it when I go out, it's not a big deal. Then it'll be a point where you'll be doing it by yourself. And you don't have to have anybody with you. The good thing about me was I didn't have a ton of people, like I did whatever I did by myself. Like, I didn't have to have other people around. Like, yeah, I had other people around me that were doing it, you know, who, whatever. They're living their life. I'm over here with mine. But it wasn't like a thing of when you, you know, sometimes when you get around a group of people, they influence you to do it. It was under my own influence. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of the young girls that I met, it was because their group of friends were doing it or because their boyfriend was doing it. So the good thing is I'm in a household with someone who doesn't drink or smoke i'm like the complete opposite you know like he doesn't do anything so for me it's like i don't have any negative influences and if i did i love you but you're out of my life because i have to take care of me i can't i don't even want to i don't even want to hear anybody like talk about that in a joking way like oh i'm gonna go buy okay
1: No, thank you. I mean, if it's not bringing you know my favorite line, you know I'm gonna always (laughs) say it like if it's not bringing you income, orgasms, or inspiration, you gotta let it go. Yes, you know people that are not bringing you any positivity to your life, they don't deserve to be there because you can do bad by yourself. That's an old old saying, but you can do bad by yourself. You don't need anyone to be in your life to influence you to do bad things. You need somebody to be able to build you up. So I know you have some family members that went through drug situations, you have, have had death yeah. and you experienced some loss. Can you talk about like your that experience a little well, bit? Well, that's the
0: pin that I'm wearing. That's my brother and he passed away and then a year later um my cousin passed away. Both drug related. Um that that was the worst cuz that was like the pinnacle of me just like not giving a fuck. Cause I was so hurt. I'm so crushed. My best friend, you know, like that was the, my world got turned upside down at that point. So I realized like, okay, I won't let, you know, that happen to me. I got to do something different. You know, I have to, I have to be an example for the people who love me and the people who care about me. And my brother wouldn't want to see me, you know, get hurt or make stupid decisions.
1: Now, did your brother, did you know your brother was?
0: Well, okay, so from what I understand with him, he was diabetic and no one knew. House arrest, and it was lean. And because he was diabetic, the whatever soda mixed in with the lean, threw him into a diabetic coma. Wow. And my one cousin, he was on heroin, we thought it was pain pills. Because me and all my cousins, we did it. Whatever It is what it is. I don't really talk to any of them now. But, you know, we thought it was pain pills for him, but it was heroin. And I believe his friends watched him die and then threw him out the car. Wow. So, that was, like, those funerals, I'm still in the midst of my addiction. I'm coming to funerals, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Tasha's damn near disappearing. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, you got to get this shit together. You know, like, it was, it was tough, but I'm like, I got to... I gotta tell my story. I gotta tell the untold story of so many. You know, I have so many people that are writing and say, "I can't talk to my family, or I can't talk to my friends." I see what people say about you.
1: You know, it's like, okay. (laughs) Not, to cry. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's okay. Let it out. You can cry. You can express yourself. As I said, guys, this is a, a very sensitive topic. This is. When we speak about things, we speak about experience. We speak about personal, our personal life journey. We're not telling anybody else's story. We tell our own stories. So, um, again, like I said from the beginning, it's extremely sensitive for her. Um, this is her personal experience. This is her family that she's lost. She lost two family members very close. And she's had addiction, you know, other, other, uh, also herself. So just, you know, bear with us and be patient. So uh-huh. I just
0: tried to... Um Let people know, I got you. I understand you. I get exactly what you're going through because I went through it. Right. And again, like you said, I was fortunate enough to have my main support system not be so judgmental and not, you know, completely um, outcast me. I had some family members do that. And now I feel like you didn't want me at my worst. So you don't deserve me now. You know, like you, you know, I feel like sometimes we have to stop allowing certain people to just think that they're entitled to our love when they don't deserve it. Yeah. And when people kick you when you're down, that's who they really are. And believe it. And push yourself to do better. And, you know, you don't have to hate them. Love them from a distance. But just let them know I'm good.
1: You had, and then you have the people that want you to do good as long as you're not doing Doing better better than them. I say all the time, people want you. Sometimes you have people once they feel like you're doing better than them, or you know, they like you
0: being their sob story until you start doing you, right? Yeah, and those people, you know, you gotta focus on you first. That's what I'm saying, you have to put you first. And my DM is always open, even though I'm not on social media. I do check it a lot more now. Um, you can find us on Life of a Boss Mom page, um, number one, on Instagram. I'm always there. I can help you, you know, get into something. The crazy thing is, my daughter wanted to come here tonight. <laughs> Chloe wanted to come And she was like, I want to talk about when you talk to me in the car. This video is still on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. But I asked her, how do you feel, you know, with my growth now versus in the midst of my addiction? So that makes me happy because it's like there is a light at the end of the rainbow, at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's there's always sunshine after the clouds. And just weather the storm. And if you gotta do it by yourself, you gotta do what you gotta do. Excuse me. <laughs> My note says, there? Oh. <laughs> I said I was gonna try not to cry. No, it's okay. It's
1: <laughs> okay. Cry you know, like I said, this this is your story, it's nobody else's story. You're telling your story, so it is gonna be some emotion. I think we gotta do part two. <laughs> but definitely definitely some emotion. Definitely, over. definitely cry. So just give our viewers a little bit because you live unapologetically. Yeah. You. You. That's your biggest thing. And I think that's the biggest thing I, I've gained from knowing you is that you live your life unapologetically. I can't even say it, guys. <laughs> unapologetically. She, she's, she's got but her little tongue tied. I believe in living unapologetically. She's, yeah. Unapologetically. <laughs> unapologetically. She lives that way. And, you know, I think that that... That's probably the biggest thing if I can say as your friend, just watching you um, grow through this. And I didn't go through this. Grow, grow through it. it I yeah. feel like you grew through this. That you live your life on your own terms. And you're now, you're living for Natasha and you're doing what's best for Natasha regardless. Right. What advice would you give somebody to just adapt that mindset? To just live for them?
0: It's going to say, it's going to sound cliche. Don't give a fuck. And not, you know, giving a fuck does not mean you hate everyone around you and you shun everyone around you. But what I took myself through was the worst thing ever. So anything that you could do, not saying that you would do anything to hurt me, but anything that anybody on the outside can do to me is not worse than what I put myself through. Like, I put myself through the mud. I had to pull myself out with some people pushing me up. Because I believe you don't do things on your own, Right. you know, solely. A lot of the work had to be done soul searching and digging and being honest and, you know, letting out some dark secrets and telling some dark truths. I had to do that on my own. But when you look around you, everyone has things that they have done that they're not proud of. They've made mistakes, you know, and it's like, who are we trying to impress? A bunch of people who got skeletons hidden in their closet, trying to hold their back against the damn closet so that their skeletons don't come out while they're yelling at the world about other people's, you know, wrongs. Right. No, I'm just, this is me. This is who I am. Love me or not. And everybody's not going to like you. I'm mm. in acquired taste of a quiet taste, as I've learned. And it's not, I'm not cocky. I'm very humble. I'm very, I'm very much a people person. I'm very outgoing, but also at the same time, I don't have, I wasted a year, a full-blown year of my life, and I don't intend on wasting any more on anything that does not serve me any good. Stop wasting your time. Yeah. Stop wasting your time. That's what I was saying. Stop wasting your time. That's good. (laughs) That was from the heart. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: good. Um, Yeah, but uh, again, people do give a lot of energy to stuff that is unnecessary, that don't serve you in any way. And that's not bringing anything into your life. And life is short. Like, life is so short. Like, people don't realize that... Too short. A lot of people die with their dreams. A lot of people die with their goals. A lot of people die with things that they wanted to do. A lot of people die
0: leaving their kids here. Thinking that we have time. Yeah. I got a niece and a nephew. You know, they don't have their dad. So, you know, I I just feel like if I can stop somebody else from losing their mom or dad from addiction, like, I'm all for it.
1: And I think that just to talk about us, you know, just us coming from a um, inner city urban community, that this stuff is very, very... Normal. It's normalized. It's very normalized when it shouldn't be. And, and it shouldn't be. And I think that a lot of times we become numb to this, these type of things. We become numb to, you know, gun violence or overdosing, addiction, all that other stuff when it shouldn't be. Let's not act like this stuff is normal, it's not normal we can be healthy, we can be happy, we are not oppressed, we are not slaves anymore um, I think no. that that's why us as an African American community is so far behind because we're still enslaved because we don't want to educate ourselves Yeah. and in a lot of instances and Natasha said that earlier, if the biggest thing you can do is educate yourself into research and that's why I kind of asked her questions and you know allowed her to speak because that's not something that I experienced but I did read and I, you know, read some things and I've gained a lot of knowledge because uh, that was something that I was ignorant on. So I'm never going to speak about something that I don't have knowledge on. I'm never going to try to, I'm not a news reporter. I'm not a, you know, (laughs) any, any of that specialist. specialist. I'm not any of those things. So I don't pretend to be that. But again, I do research. I think even biblical to go to the Bible, it says that people will perish from the lack of knowledge. We have to educate ourselves. We have to do better with just being educated and just knowing that we could be so much for as a community and as a whole if we just took the time to educate ourselves, if we took the time to heal ourselves. Yeah. As 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 African Americans, we shy away from therapy. We shy away from rehab. We allow these shy things away to happen. On the tough topic. We, we shy away. We don't want to talk about so it. Brush it under talk. the rug. Absolutely, and 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 you can. And it's, like I said, I'm not. You know, doing a race car because I know we have other viewers and you know things like that. But especially from just from my experience, I've seen us as that because how honest, we were raised. How we were raised, in honestly, Caucasian people will reach out to get resources. They will have their children in therapy. They will do that they will, because children
0: in rehab with the quickness. They they will yeah. do
1: that because they want them to see to get help, and not that we don't, but we. Are too busy worrying about other people and we're not living in our truth and our purpose and we're worrying about what other people may think or if they're going to judge us you know yeah. live live for you if you have someone that is experiencing these things if you have someone that are going through these things please just take the time out to just use the resources they're out for you. they're out there for you we have the number pinned at the bottom the one 800 Six four two four three five seven. Um, number that is a national addiction and mental health hotline. Also, like Natasha said, you can always DM us. The Life of a Boss Mom underscore one is on Instagram. Um, Life of a Boss Mom on Facebook. Um, you can check our DMs, our email addresses. Oh, shoot. I'm trying to
0: blink. I'm in my emotions. I'm sorry. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it in can, the comments. Um, yeah. i say we can put it in our comments. We'll put
1: it in our comments and, you know, put it... Put it in the comments and just make sure that you guys, um you can send an email. You can reach out to us. Our phone numbers are actually on the Life of a Boss Mom page on Instagram. So you yes. can text and our email. the phone number in our email as well. So there. there is places if you feel like you can't talk to your family, you can't talk to your friends, you don't have nobody to go to, please reach out. We do want to be a resource. We do want to be a vessel for anybody that may be experiencing these things um, yes. in any capacity, if you have someone that's going through it and you just need advice on how to support that person, send us an email, send us a, a text. Again, I probably wouldn't be the one that's going to, <laughs> to speak about it. Natasha <laughs> will respond. Sometimes we, you know, we both check social media and I'll say, Hey, somebody, you know, send us a DM today. I said, Hey, respond to this, you know, yeah, let's look this, at this person, let's look at this because that was something that was in my arena. So, you know,
0: I want to um touch on a, a question that we got today, okay, and I know we talked about um you know relapsing and recovery very quickly, but um just know that unfortunately unfortunately, it's a part of the process. The best thing you know that you can do to try to pull that loved one up out of that process is to not hammer them and to not badger them also, the worst thing that you can do when a person comes home from treatment or rehab. Is drill that person and trying to, just because they may be acting different, I get that you're on edge, but don't constantly accuse them of doing something. Because in return, what you will get is someone who is going to turn around and do something because they feel like you don't believe in them. And I've had people do that. I mean, I would be clean for six months at one point, you know, in my journey. And someone's like, oh, well, you didn't gain any weight yet. So are you still, you know? And I'm like, No. But if I was still weak minded, because you're weak in that place, you're going to sit there and say, well, nobody believes in me anyway. So I might as well just continue to keep messing up because nobody has faith in me. So I want to say just have faith in, in your loved one and whoever that is going through this and just try to help them through it. Throw them a freaking life. What is that called? The life life.
1: Of- a life a raft.
0: Life, yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> throw on the life raft. You got the cord. You're on the boat. Throw them that life raft and just keep pulling them in. And the best thing that you can do is to try to give them a structure throughout their day. There are a and AA programs all over the place. I hope to one day host one. My plan was when we got into our store is to host one once a week. But you know, that's something I'm working on. That's on my to do list. But there are so many places that you can go to to get these resources. Just grab their hand and just walk through this journey with them. It won't be easy, but it'll be worth it in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was my answer to that question. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So
1: that was, that was, that was great. So I know um, I think we got to do part two. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, done. It's time yeah for- I think we still had some stuff that we had to you know talk about unfortunately the show is one hour so we're you know we'll be winding down but we'll definitely um probably just do a recording a, a audio episode and we'll post it on our social media platforms for Anchor and um, Spotify, so that you guys can continue to listen. Um, we de- definitely wanted to get into like the facts and the myths because a lot of people. One of the biggest myths people think that addiction is a choice, and it's not a choice. It's a uh, it's a brain disease. It's a mental health thing. It's it's something that you can't control. And your body is craving that. You can't can't change it. You it can't change it. Your, it rewires your thinking and you can't change it unless you get the resources and the help that you need. Yeah. Um, we are working to get a website, our website up and running. Our website will be done but within in the that, next, you know, the next few weeks. So we'll have that resources and we're going to, you know, add a lot of resources and different, you know, things that you can go to. Um, just if you need that help. Um, what else? Anything else I'm just saying, oh, you
0: just talking and, and <laughs> handling this so, you know, yeah, so eloquently. So you know, I'm just it's so just beautiful. You're yeah. like the calm. Yeah, well, you know, know I'm
1: the calm force. We're, we, you know, we balance each other out. I'm, Dynamic duo. Yeah, I'm very calm. No, I'm you calming. said
0: everything well. And the fact that you did not go through this personally, but your understanding.
1: I don't judge. I don't, right. I think, I think I, don't we, I think we said that before. I don't judge anyone. I allow people to oh, you know, I give everybody a, a chance. Yeah. I give everybody a chance, and I feel like people are going to be... And I think that relationships are conditional. Some Because yeah. that person was like that with you doesn't mean that person want going to be like that with me.
0: Well, sometimes people deserve certain treatment right. from and, other people that right. other and people and, don't deserve. Right.
1: And every action... Comes with a reaction, exactly. so you know often people don't understand that sometimes a person's reaction is what what it is. So yeah. we're all a work in progress. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, you're not perfect. No man is perfect. No I don't want to be cre- perfect. No one's created perfect. I don't even want to be held to that standard. I don't want to be are.
0: perfect. Right. I don't want that false facade. I don't. know I don't, Right. I want to so, be me. I want to be real. Some days I want to look nice and done up, and some days I want to look bummy. And right. that's just who I am. Right. You never know what you're going to get, but I will always be real. Right.
1: Even
0: even if it may upset me, I'm going to be real. And I hope that's what you guys got from this, me being vulnerable, you know, being honest and being truthful and hoping to empower you guys. Yeah. That's what I hope you get
1: tonight. <laughs> yeah. Not, not. And like I said, just the transparency alone and the emotion and the the passion behind it, because this is your passion, I always yeah. tell you that this is this journey wasn't about you, right you had to endure it, but this journey was to empower and to help other people along the way, yeah, God is using you as a vessel, he's going to continue to use you. You are going to have your own beatings and your own rehab, and whatever it is that you you want as long as you work towards that and that and that's your goal. But I think right. that, like I said, your mission is so much bigger than me than you yeah and 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 a lot of times we don't walk in our own purpose and we don't walk in our own anointing because we don't know what it is but to just you know just ask for god for guidance and just have him to continue to guide you on your path because we all have some type of purpose and some type of plan yeah so and
0: use it use it wisely you got it and i guarantee you, you don't even realize you have it
1: right so we're going to wrap it up, guys. Make sure you're following us on Instagram again, the life of a boss mom underscore one on Facebook. Like the life of a boss mom um,
0: anchor link in our Instagram um, bios, personal and the life of a boss mom page. Make sure you like that. Make sure you share this video. Get this out to anyone you think can benefit from the message behind this video. It's greatly appreciated.
1: We want to leave them with a quote. I want to leave you guys below. Also, if you guys anybody wants to sponsor, I know a few people have sent some DMs about sending us different merchandise and different things like that. We do accept sponsors. You can reach us on through our DMs and our our contact information that we said. We are more than willing to, you know, shed light on any small business that wants to sponsor us and wants to be a part of us in the journey. So um if you want to someone asked about shirts of so if you dm us we can give you our size and things like that and we'll definitely wear your stuff make sure it's flashy and fashionable because y'all know <laughs> we're cute as shit <laughs> <laughs> so get another
0: belly yes yeah,
1: so our quote of the day is you may shoot me with your words you may cut me with your eyes you may kill me with your hatefulness but still like air i'll rise I'll rise,
0: bitches. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you for tuning in, guys. Have a wonderful night. That was okay. I'm
0: pissed. I cried.